Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty Loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, who wants to get straight to the point today. This is a podcast about life, liberty, pursuit of meaning. That's what we do every single day of the week when we want to. First on the docket today, Nate, go ahead. How was your night, Charlie? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to get straight to the news. No, I There's too spend some much time. to talk about. Hello, everyone. My name is Nate Thurston, <laughs> and that's Charles Thompson trying to rush us through this podcast episode. What's going on with the House GOP? Well, they're doing a bunch of... They're getting of, to work. They're getting to work. We might as well get to work. We get to have some fun for the next couple of years, Charlie, because we are, in fact, going to get that House GOP that's going to vote for a bunch of stuff that they know is never going to get passed. Mm. So they are going to be conservative signaling for the next couple of years. Their conservative virtue, and then it's a big old bill of nothing burger. If in fact they do take over, well, they will do none of what they are trying to do. That's basically what ends up happening. I'm not saying that would be the case, but we do have a couple things from the House GOP having to do with the IRS and taxes and even income taxes that we'll be running through. If you're ready for that, uh, the people just wondering if you like that opening. I did that on 1.5 speed. That was pretty quick. Yeah, you just put it in Shapiro speed right there. Shapiro slash, you know, on Audible, when you up the mm-hmm. speed there or on your podcast, mm-hmm. it's trying just to match that. I have a hard time listening to stuff like that. Really? I really do. Yeah, it bothers me. I like to make it faster. I don't care about the cuts, the weird cuts. Okay. House GOP passes repeal of IRS funding boost as its first bill in the majority. This uh, is like when they repealed Obamacare mm-hmm. nine times. Mm-hmm. As so is the next story as well. It does not prevent, by the way people on the left from being super upset about this. They're very upset about the potential that this could add to our deficit over the next 10 years, even though they also know it's never going to happen. I'm pretty sure some people think that this is something that's going to happen. Because the left loves reducing the deficit. What you'll see are the news articles saying the House has passed a bill to repeal the IRS funding boost. And a lot of people who went to our fine public schools think that that means we just repealed the boost in funding for the IRS. And they're thinking about how, oh, oh, see, all the rich people are going to be getting away with cheating taxes and stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's, in fact, not what's going to happen. House Republicans fulfill the key campaign promise on Monday to do something that doesn't matter, passing legislation to rescind the bulk of an IRS funding boost signed into law last year. The CBO estimated Monday that the legislation would eliminate about $71 billion of the total $80 billion that was allocated for the IRS, but would reduce tax revenue by about $186 billion, translating to a $114 billion increase in deficits over the next decade. That's a big number. That's like $11.4 billion per year, Charlie. Which the government uses in about that is, 20 minutes. That is almost an entire day's worth of funding. Oh, really? Almost an entire day. I thought it was just a few hours. Well, right now, no, it, it depends on. So I looked at the fiscal year 23. We're running a little bit light right now, but that's because not everything is kicked in. I did look at what we've actually spent since fiscal year October started. It's about a trillion that we've spent since then. Uh, what we're normally on pace for keeps us around 15 to 17 billion a day, something like that. But anyway, they're super worried about it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Mm. The bill stands a little chance in the Senate. And White House said in a statement on Monday that President Biden would veto it if he is awake long enough to read it. With their first economic quote here, very important, with their first economic legislation of the new Congress, House Republicans are making clear that their top economic priority is to allow the rich and multi-billion dollar corporations to skip out on their taxes while making life harder for ordinary middle class families that pay the taxes they owe. The White House said in a statement, I like how the White House is just this general thing. Now it's kind of like intelligence and Team America telling them to do stuff. The White House itself has said this. The White House is is a person. Representative Richard Neal. It's weird that it sounded like Senator Bernie Sanders wrote that. It did. Uh, Richard Neal from Massachusetts, Democrat, the ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee, brought attention to the CBO report saying the bill would lead to a $114 billion surge in deficits over the next 10 years. He also argued that the changes in the bill at hand would make matters 
worse for the middle class and small businesses. They don't want they don't want fairer tax administration. They think it's bad for some of their supporters. But you know what? This is this is from Richard Neal, by the way. Quote: This is what they're attempting to do tonight is bad for middle class families. It's bad for small businesses who then are asked to pay more when the people at the top don't pay their fair share. You see, because there is no possible way that you could ever talk about the spending side of the equation at all. It is a foregone conclusion that if someone gets out of taxes, that means that they are forcing someone else to pay more money because we have to. Not actually, even an option on the table. We kind of do, actually. It's already been spent. So. I don't know. The bill is due. I mean, you know, if you can get yourself out of a immoral theft, I'm still okay with it. I really am. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but I, uh, I still am. I also love these claims that they always make. They never have to explain them, but they just keep saying the same thing over and over again. Like it's, it's bad for middle class families. It's bad for small business. How? Because you're going to have to pay more taxes because these people aren't paying their taxes. Therefore, they have to take it from you. How? Can you show me the math on that? That's just they have to raise the tax rate because someone. Now, Charlie, are you saying you don't like poor people? That's not what I'm saying. No, you're I'm saying just... you don't like poor people and you're in favor, actually, of racism and misogyny is what you're saying. I'm more xenophobic. I didn't realize you were so in support of fascist policies. I know. Okay. The American people are wise to what's being presented here tonight. We live in a two-tier tax system. Way more tiers than that, actually. Wage earners follow the rules. By force. Wealthy billionaires, they get to skirt their responsibilities. Actually, are they doing illegal stuff? I mean, I guess that's why we got to pay. We got to take $80 billion from you, Charlie, to try and figure out whether or not they're even doing illegal stuff in the first place. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's what we're being asked to vote on tonight. He later added a couple graphics here to put up on screen. Americans for Tax Fairness, they put out this breaking news. House GOP votes to protect rich tax cheats in first bill of their majority. Uh, they say House Republicans just voted to repeal funding for the IRS to go after wealthy tax cheats. That's all that funding was going to be for. Not That's a single it. other thing. Mm. It's official. Republicans' first order of business with their new majority was to protect wealthy tax cheats. Why is it that we also got this $600 rule that came into play around the same time that they needed to beef up the IRS at the same time? It doesn't. No. That's nothing to pay attention to. You're saying they're not related? Okay. All right. Just make sure what I said here was the left is really mad because a bill passed by the House Republicans, which will never be signed into law, would allegedly add $114 billion to our deficit over 10 years. During those 10 years, the U.S. government will spend $114 billion every nine days at our current rate of spending. And we know that that number is going to go up. We spend that much money every nine, every nine days. I, at this point, I don't even know what to say, you know, because it's like when people make those same arguments, it's like the same buzzwords. Mm -hmm. At this point in my life, I'm just like, okay, okay. Well, they, if, it, if you're really convinced of that, that's fine. What sucks is this is all this is all fake, and I wish the sooner right. the sooner people realize that, the better off we'll all be. But the Republicans know that this is never going to take effect. And the Democrats know that this is never going to take effect. But still, the Republicans are out there saying, see, look what we want to do. And the Democrats are saying, look at what the Republicans are doing over here. Yeah. And it's all fake. See, I told you I'd campaign and we did it. <laughs> we did it. They fulfilled their promise. We to, fulfilled promises. To what? Mm. Look at the next thing that they're also super serious about doing, Charlie. From Fox News. House Republicans to vote on bill abolishing IRS eliminating income tax. Republicans in the House of Representatives will vote on a bill that would abolish the IRS and eliminate the national income tax and replace it with a national consumption tax. Quote, instead of adding 87,000 new agents to weaponize the IRS against small business owners in middle America. So they use the same words. But they're, they're saying the exact opposite. The exact thing. opposite. This bill will eliminate the need for the department entirely by simplifying the tax code, 
with provisions that work for the American people and encourage growth and innovation. From Georgia Republican Representative Buddy Carter. Armed, unelected bureaucrats should not have more power over your paycheck than you do. He added. I agree with him. I do agree with this, Mm -hmm. actually. As a former small business owner, I understand the unnecessary burden of uh, our failing income tax system has on Americans. The Fair Tax Act eliminates the tax code, replaces the income tax with a sales tax, and abolishes the abusive Internal Revenue Service. If enacted, this will invigorate the American taxpayer and help more Americans achieve the American dream, which I agree with. By the way, if we're going to have taxes, I think it shouldn't be a direct correlation on your income before you ever see it. Like they have, they somehow have access to that. Like it's theirs. It's not yours. I think it's best if, remember, we're both saying, Charlie just said, if we're going to have the taxes. And I'm also saying, if we're going to have the taxes, mm. I think a consumption tax is the, is the best one. Uh, people who think consumption drives the economy will not like that idea. Also, people who don't want to lose all the control that they have over everyone don't like this idea, which is why it will never go through. And honestly, I don't even know if this will pass the House of Representatives. No, I don't think the Republicans Republican. will vote for it. Right, exactly. Now, I think there'll be a, a small amount, and I think even some Republicans will say, well, this actually disproportionately affects lower income earners because they spend a higher amount of their uh, whatever account balances or income or whatever on goods and services. So therefore they'll be paying a higher portion of their income in taxes uh, than people say who make a ton of money. But I think that that, I think it makes the most sense. It encourages people to save money. It encourages, it, it encourages just a little bit for you to be smarter about things that you're that you're buying. And when you do make that purchase, you've got that, yeah, tax burden on top of it. Uh, but we're able to keep all the money that we make and put it to its what we believe is its highest and best use in the economy. Now, the left would love to add a sales tax just on top of all the other mm-hmm. taxes. Well, they want or, a VAT tax on, or, on everything. Yeah, at least a VAT tax, mm-hmm. which is basically a sales tax. Which, when you say VAT tax... As I just said, it bothers me because that's a value-added tax tax. Oh, you just say a VAT, or you no. say a VAT tax. VA. Anyway. A V tax. V. <laughs> but tax this V. <laughs> All right. He continues on here. Uh, Bob Good says, that's a good guy, Robert Good, you know. Mm-hmm. Quote, I support the fair tax because it simplifies our tax code. This transforms the U.S. tax code from a mandatory, progressive, and convoluted system to a fully transparent and unbiased system, which does away with the IRS as we know it. It is a good It is good for our economy because it encourages work, savings, and investment. Thank you to my colleague, Rep. Buddy Carter, for leading this effort to simplify the system for American taxpayers. It also makes rich people pay more. So as a, by the way, I want to clarify what one of our uh, people hanging out in the live group, Dave, hanging out with us right now. He knows way more about taxes than we do. Um, We have not gone into the fair tax itself. And so Dave was pointing out that there is a technically UBI component to help the people that are poor where they can get back the amount that they uh, pay in taxes. Still be a, yeah, credit. So that's like still going to still going to happen. We I don't think either one of us are pretending to know all the details of this. Let's just talk about it broad strokes. Is it better to tax the consumption or to tax the productivity and the uh, uh, I guess the the earnings of everyone before they're able to use it in the economy? I think consumption's way better. If you if you had to choose, mm-hmm. I would say neither. Yeah, but if you had to choose. Consumption for sure. I mean, imagine the things that rich people buy that are hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. They would be paying a tax on all of that. They wouldn't be able to use it as a write-off. They'd probably find a way to get it somewhere else where they can get out of the taxes, which is still fine to me. It's true. Still, still much better than the tax code we have right now. And we have to spend so much time trying to file our taxes and do all that. I mean... It's so fun to think about. I was talking to John about this earlier because he, John, our friend John King sent me this article uh, earlier. So that's why we're talking about it today. It's so fun to think about that idea of that tax. We're thinking about it right now, you know, 
got this business going. We got to make sure we get all of our taxes in line. I got to file my taxes. Am I going to owe them money? Charlie's probably going to owe them a bunch of money. I need you to send out the 1099s you know, for everybody. You sent me an email about 1099s, mm-hmm. and I've got to send that out to contractors, and I don't want to because I hate this system. But it's so fun to think about getting out of it. Bringing it back down to the ground ain't going to happen because there's a lot. Okay, doesn't mean that we shouldn't advocate for better systems because that is a that is the market pulling people in the in a better direction. So when we say it's not going to happen, I don't mean let's not ever talk about it. Let's all give up and give in. It's good because you become. But that. why can't they introduce this when in 2020 when they had the House, the Senate, and Trump as president? Because <laughs> they don't actually want to do That's it. That's what I'm saying. That's what makes me so mad about yeah. this shit. They don't want to do it. They don't. It. Maybe some some of them do. Some of them do. I think. Yeah. Yes. I think the people that are introducing it actually want to do it. And I believe this was a concession in this whole right in the whole speaker yeah. dust up that we had. But they're doing it during a lame duck session it's never going to happen if the senate somehow passes it which is impossible but let's say they blackmailed some senators or something they got the votes for it biden would just veto it and then do you think they have the votes to override a veto no no not even close now that there are good things that are going to come from uh, what charlie just said this this lame duck congress that we have they're just going to be throwing a bunch of stuff out there I think that that church-style committee, the weaponization of the federal whatever it is, let's just call it church. I don't know. I mean, call it Jordan, the, the Jordan committee, if he's yeah. going to be the one running it. Anyway, um, that's going to be a good thing. And JJ's committee. Fortunately for the intelligence community, Charlie, that new committee has just been thrown Something that they're going to have to spend all of their time on for the next couple of years. Mm, that's right. I told you the direction. I, I thought it'd be fun to go with this today. From CNN. <laughs> um, several classified documents. Classified documents. And we're not talking about Donald Trump. Now we're mm-hmm. talking about Mr. Joseph R. Biden, president. Our, our president, Joseph R. Biden. Come on, man. Several classified documents from President Joe Biden's time as vice president were discovered last fall in a private office, Biden's attorneys acknowledged on Monday. Around the same time that Trump's were discovered? Well, it was a little bit after, uh, about a month, two two months after. I can't remember when exactly that was. Uh, it was discovered. In the same year. It was discovered before <laughs> the midterm election. Okay. Of course, that was kept under wraps. Weren't like news crews out there or anything while they were gathering the documents. There wasn't a raid or anything. Yeah. Attorney General Merrick Garland has asked the U.S. Attorney. Uh, hang on. A subordinate to President Biden. Yes. <laughs> Do you know that the AG, the, the AG's boss is the president? <laughs> He's asked the U.S. Attorney in Chicago to investigate this matter. Another subordinate. Biden's lawyers say they found the government materials in November while closing out a Washington, D.C.-based office, the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, (laughs) that Biden used as part of his relationship with the University of Pennsylvania, where he was an honorary professor from 2017 to 2019. He was an honorary professor. We know he's not teaching any classes. But it is fun to imagine Joe Biden teaching a class, Jack. That would be awesome. You know? <laughs> it's, it's no joke. It would be fun. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what I wrote up First, there. let me tell you guys about Bo. He's going to be here tomorrow, probably. And look at these documents real quick. Got a haircut. <laughs> Fewer than a dozen classified documents were found at Biden's office. Luckily, that makes it not illegal. It's fewer than a dozen. Right. When you look in the law, it was going to be complicated conversations in the law. And, I'm, and I bet you people on the right and left are not going to exhibit any hypocrisy in this matter whatsoever, Charlie. Everyone who said that Trump should have whatever documents he wanted is going to be totes fine with Biden. Now, Biden was the VP, not the P. At this time. But he is the P now. Okay. <laughs> but he was the VP at that time. But I'm betting everyone who's like, ah, the classified documents, who cares? They're going to do the same thing with Biden. This is a non-issue. 
Of course not. Of course that's not going to happen. And everyone who is super worried about Trump having the documents is going to be equally as worried about the documents that by I bet you there's already stories from the New York Times and the Washington Post about how these might be nuclear secrets that he was trying to sell to people. That's right. Guarantee you there's already leaks coming out of the DOJ left and right about the potential nuclear documents that Biden had. Everywhere. I'm just saying because we live in such a great, honorable, logical, fact-based, re- reasonable, fact-based society. Objective. World fewer than a dozen classified documents were found in Biden's office. It is unclear what the documents pertain to or why they were taken to Biden's private office. Federal office holders are required by law to to relinquish official documents and classified records when their government service ends, which means they did at least say you might have been breaking the law in this case. The White House is cooperating with the National Archives and the Department of Justice regarding the discovery of what appear to be allegedly Obama-Biden administration records, including a small number of documents with classified markings. A special counsel to President Biden said in a statement, quote, the documents were discovered when the president's personal attorneys were packing files housed in a locked closet to prepare to vacate office space at the Penn Biden Center in Washington. The president periodically used this space. Uh, That matters. On the day of the discovery, November 2nd, 2022, the White House's counsel office notified the National Archives the archives took possession of the materials the following morning after alerting WAPO and the New York Times and the New York Post and all the other news agencies that this had happened prior to the midterms. Oh, wait, sorry, that wasn't, that part wasn't in there. A quote, the discovery of these documents was made by the president's attorneys. The documents were not the subject of any previous request or inquiry by the archives. You see, if they never know that they're missing. Toad's fine. <laughs> there's no problem. Yeah. Also, just so you know, they were in a locked. Mm-hmm. They were locked up. A lock box, you could even call it. Mm-hmm. Like a big lock box. Unlike Trump, his shit was spread everywhere. Just everywhere. Exactly like the photo that we saw. Yes. <laughs> they didn't move a single thing. That's actually how everything was. In the hallway. <laughs> at Mar-a-Lago. It's everywhere. There's even like spray tan scattered all over the place, all over them, mm-hmm. just splattered on there. The classified materials included some top secret files with the sensitive compartmented information designation. Also known as SCI, which is used for highly sensitive information obtained from intelligence sources. Trump's tax return. <sighs> Espionage <laughs> act right now. I guarantee you they're drawing up the papers, Charlie. Right now. See, I can hear Nancy Pelosi calling for jail time. We're getting the papers ready. Yeah. Right now, all of them. I can I can see the impeachment coming. <laughs> but CNN does want to let you know that there are differences. Between Trump docs and of Biden course. docs. Of course. And Google docs. All the same thing. Yeah. Word docs. Very different. The Trump document saga emerged in a different way than the Biden situation. According to Biden's attorneys, they turned over the classified materials and notified the National Archives as soon as they were discovered. With Trump, the National Archives was actually looking for things that Trump was doing wrong. And so they questioned him about them. No, sorry. They... Uh, NARA realized that the records were missing. NARA officials haggled with Trump's team over the return of government documents. I was just imagining them like negotiating over how many they could get back. Yeah. You know, they're like 300. And he's like, I'll give you 10. That's too high. <laughs> 15 is the best <laughs> I can do. Eventually, Trump eventually gave 15 boxes of materials back to NARA. They later corrected this. I saw a correction. It was like 33 boxes. Uh, But federal investigators later came to correctly suspect that he was still holding on to dozens of additional classified files. So DOJ prosecutors secured a grand jury subpoena and later got a judge's permission to search Mar-a-Lago to find the documents. Ever since the FBI searched Mar-a-Lago in August, the search that uncovered dozens of additional classified files, Trump has promoted wild and unfounded allegations about his predecessor's supposed mishandling of government records. I just like how CNN worded that Trump has promoted wild and unfounded allegations about his predecessors, supposed mishandling of government records. Seem, which seemed to have happened. We need a classified docs uh, amnesty. It's <laughs> and he was right just for the wrong reasons. That's right. Mm-hmm. On True Social, Trump wrote, when is the FBI 
going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden, perhaps even the White House. These documents were definitely not declassified. Former Republican Representative Adam Kinzinger speculated that the investigation into Biden will come down to who on the former VP staff handled the documents and whether holding on to the documents was intentional or an accident. Mm. We need to know about the intent. There's going to be nuances, Kinzinger said. I'll tell you, the U.S. attorney in Chicago is a very fair man. So I think we can trust his words. <laughs> Everything I know about Chicago backs that up. Yeah. Just the, the, just the most trustworthy guy. You could do a deal with a handshake with this guy. I will tell you that the guy in Chicago was actually appointed by Trump, and he was one of the only ones that didn't get replaced. He's a holdover from the Trump administration. And uh, it was pointed out like, hmm, that's weird. And they said that he should actually stay in his office. wonder what they got on that guy. He's fair and balanced. <laughs> fair and balanced. I mean, you, you know, once this news broke, I saw this last night. And I'm like, yeah, they're just going to. You just watch how the media paints these in different lights. Now, look, I think the whole classification's dumb. I really do. I, I don't know where everybody else stands on this, but I really think that a government shouldn't have secrets from the people. Because this is a government, you know, of the people, by the people, and for the people, right? Now, I understand, like, nuclear launch codes and whatever. We can get into the nitty-gritty and all of that. But I'm just saying, on the whole of it, if I if you were to tell me, should we lean towards secrecy or transparency, I would say transparency. And I would say that, that you know, I, I get that there's a gray area to it, but so, to me, I don't really care. It's a slippery slope because it turns into every, they can classify everything yeah, and say that no one can know about any of it. And everything is, it's vital to the national security because if people found out how terrible all of us were, uh, there would be a revolt, which would harm our national security. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we can't tell them. Yeah. I mean, so the whole nuclear launch code thing, it's like. It's probably password one, I'm betting. Yeah, well, Right. Capital P. Yeah. Dollar sign, dollar sign for the S. <laughs> I mean, my thing is like, why, why do you need a document on it? You know, couldn't we just, I don't know, have some type of AI, AI algorithm at this point. Have you never seen Terminator <laughs> or two or three or four or five? This is, a, I mean, look out, you know, this is why this is a tough conversation because I understand like, do we want everyone to have access to the nuclear launch codes or the locations of the nuclear sites or like those types of things? I will initially point to no. That's what I'm saying. Probably not. But at the same time, do you want the government keeping everything from a secret from you? Listen, as libertarians, it's good for us to talk about the, uh, I guess the principle behind the matter, but also in the real, in our real world, in our actual world, there do exist nuclear devices and they have launch codes and they have GPS coordinates. And I, Yeah, and I don't know what the right answer is on that. The side note here, Charlie, the bigger picture, even bigger than whether or not the government should hide things from their people, is that I think they planted this shit. That's, I think they're wanting to take them out. They're setting Biden up. I think they're setting them up. I think two setups are happening. One, the intelligence community is planting these to busy the new church committee for the next couple of years with this Biden classified documents probe. It's probably New York times crossword puzzles or that Biden's filled out or B I think and somebody in a Sharpie just wrote SCI at the top of it. They don't want him to run for reelection. And so they're doing this or three. They know that they can't, they can't actually go after Trump on the stuff that they want to go after Trump on, or they need an out. And they think that the people on the left will be more likely to forgive giving Trump an out if this new classified documents thing about Biden comes out. If they were like, oh, everyone does it. Mm-hmm. Okay, not as bad. Because Clinton wasn't enough. Yeah. This is one, too. Or this is whatever's in the news is exactly what happened. But I have more yeah. fun talking about other stuff that we don't know about. Speaking of Chicago, by the way, oh yeah, Illinois has two new gun laws for 2023, and now an assault weapons ban is in the hands of the state Senate. The Would Senate. you like to watch this video real quick, Chuck? Yeah, let's watch video it. Video going along with it. 
uh, that we're focused on right now. As for Pritzker's focus, how well he handles this next year may well determine whether he expands his political oh, ambitions. Expand. Illinois, we have power and we have hope. And a genuine goodness that is rooted in being the place in this country to which all people can come and live free. So first off, they have hope and they have power in Illinois. That is rooted in being the place in the country where everyone can come and be free. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was important to get that quote out of there before the article. Now, this conference, Charlie, maybe we can watch some of this first. Here's the emotional plea, and here's the post-COVID plea that we get. You're going to think that this is the most ridiculous thing you've ever, one of the more ridiculous things you've seen. Because here's our post-COVID plea for gun control. That's Mary Ann Ahern reporting. Turns out doctors from a number of Chicago hospitals gathered this morning to call on lawmakers in Springfield to pass an assault weapons ban. Doctors have experience treating gun violence victims, and they call it a public health crisis. They say this inflicts trauma on the victims, their families, and on the health care providers that spans generations. What many of you don't see in the general public are the faces of those parents when we tell them on. Okay, so what we're getting right here is a big group of doctors who have gotten together and they are giving a press conference on gun violence and how this is a healthcare epidemic. And so we have a bunch of doctors all wearing masks, presumably in front of a room full of people who are not wearing masks. Except for when you're talking. Except for the one that's talking. Yeah. She's also wearing a rainbow-colored button that I believe says uh, disarm hate. Mm -hmm. And she is a supposedly a medical doctor talking about why you shouldn't have a right to defend yourself with a weapon of your choosing. Mm -hmm. And you have to listen to her because she's a doctor and she's one of the only reasons any of us are alive right now. That's right. The worst night of their lives that we could do nothing to save their child or their loved one. We hear the most heart-wrenching screams and that echo in the ER and resonate with us forever. After a heavy weekend uh, or, or a holiday or a warm weather day, bodies are stacked up in the morgue resulting of gun violence. I go down and I look and I'm appalled to see teenagers, adolescents, young people in their 20s and 30s snuffed out for no good reason. A doctor who treated victims from the Highland Park shooting was there, and they cited a statistic. Anyway. Which, by the way, is terrible. I hate to see people die of Sad. anything. Yeah. Sad stuff. Well, Illinois has the answer for this. Mm-hmm. Senate Bill 2226, which was first drafted by Highland Park Rep. Bob Morgan, would ban the sale, delivery, and purchase of assault weapons across the state. Includes probably that new assault handgun mm-hmm. covered last week. Of course it does. Quote, we know this topic is contentious. Emmanuel Welch, Speaker of the Illinois House, said Thursday, I wonder how many rounds of voting it took for that guy to get Speaker. <laughs> Quote, we also may not all agree on the solutions being presented, but what we do know is that gun violence is impacting communities in every single corner of this state. No. Mostly Chicago. That's a little bit more of a Chicago problem. More like a a northeast part of the state problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overnight, the lengthy bill passed the Illinois House on a 64 to 43 vote with Republican State Rep Jim Durkin voting in favor of the legislation. Durkin. Durkin. Quote, they have no sporting use. That's what the Second Amendment says. Sporting. Sports. Yeah. It's for sports scene. Quote, they have no target use. Their only purpose is killing people. And I don't see a justification for that. With Democratic super- I highlighted the word I. Yeah. I, he says, and I don't see a justification for that. Who gives a shit? Right. That's what I have to say. Who cares what yeah. you think? I'm going to vote for this guy to go F himself pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Democratic supermajorities in the Illinois House and Senate, the bill now heads uh, with those supermajorities. It heads to the Senate where it's expected to pass. And Governor Pritzker said he would sign the bill if it reaches his desk. 
What's all included in this bill, you might ask? It bans assault weapons and extended magazines. The legislation would make it illegal to deliver, sell, or purchase any assault weapon in the state of Illinois. It would also make it illegal to possess such a weapon 300 days after the final passage of the bill. The bill also makes it illegal to own, purchase, or possess 50 caliber rifles and cartridges, but there is a language in the bill that allows owners who currently have such weapons to keep them. Individuals who already own weapons that fall under the assault weapons are required to note the serial number associated with their pre-owned weapons and the owner's FOID card, the Firearm Owner Identification Card. This process must take place with the Illinois State Police within 300 days after final passage of the bill. Residents also may not purchase or possess magazines that can hold more than 12 rounds, and the bill also bans the sale or purchases of switches, which can increase a weapon's rate of fire. According to Speaker Welch, the legislation would not remove guns from people who already own them. Unless they don't fill out the proper paperwork with the state police within 300 days. I want to be clear about something. If this bill were to become law, there will be no removal of these weapons from people who already own them. It's important to highlight that we are not taking any guns away from lawful gun owners yet. The key word, yet. yet. Make sure they're all registered, though. Okay? I feel bad for a lot of people in Illinois. And uh, uh, my family, for one of them. My brother, in particular. (laughs) Yeah. Although, they're saying that they're not going to take any guns from anyone yet. But... I feel bad for Illinois because Illinois is a very conservative state with the city of Chicago inside of it. Everything else, very conservative state. And it's got the city of Chicago, which does everything. They say Illinois, it's not. It's Chicago, whatever they want. Mm. That's all. Majority does rule. It's the majority rule. And that's how it comes down to our uh, more localized politics. Do you think you'll see... You know, sheriffs and different people in, in the southern parts of the state be like, yeah, we're not going to recognize this. Go screw yourself. I think some of them would. Um, I I hope they would. I've got family who were who were cops, and uh, I, I hope that they would not enforce things that are, you know, I want to say unconstitutional, but there are a lot of states that have assault weapons bans. And so the question is going to be whether or not they're actually going to do any removal from people. I don't know if other states have tried doing that in the past. I would suspect that wouldn't go all that well, yeah. but we'll see. This would be crossing a line for me. Mm-hmm. I would not register. I wouldn't do it. It's like, um, you know how they got everybody to give up their gold back in the, <laughs> yeah. In the was it the 20s or the 30s? I don't remember. You know? 30s, they, 40s, sometime in, in there. And they, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're not, this isn't to, like, get rid of it. We just want to see how much you have. Mm. And then it's like, oh, now you have to turn it in. You can't keep more than, I think it was five ounces at the time. I know, like, we're going to pay this decreased price right now, and then we're going to make sure no, that. Well, they paid a the premium. <laughs> and we're going to pay you the premium top Troy ounce price. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they got it all, they raised it yeah. another $10. You know, it's just, it's insane. And I think this would be, I have a a few things in mind, but like this would be a hill that I would die on and I'm sorry to my family, but this would be something that I would refuse to do because you know what comes next. It's not good. And it's not good. Mm -mm. And I would, I, I wouldn't be willing I don't know how many people would join me, but I just wouldn't be willing to give up. Charlie is calling for violence. (laughs) No, he's not. No. No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying what I would do. Yeah, I got you. Well, uh, like I said, good luck to all of our family members that are in Illinois. I hope that works out for you. Unfortunately, the policy itself is not going to do anything. They're saying that the people who already have them, they're saying they're going to be able to keep them. First off, even up to 50 cows. If you like your gun, you can keep your gun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. have you heard that? I've never heard that before. It's going to work out just fine. <laughs> and so what are they actually planning on doing? Because the people that these doctors are talking about in Chicago, I don't know how many of them got their FOID card, 
and went down to the to the local assault weapon shop. How, how many of these shootings happened where the perpetrator was already illegal for them to have a, possess a gun? It has to be greater than 50%. So what is this going to change? Nothing. They already blame their current gun problems on the states around them. They say, oh, they're getting them in Indiana. I don't know if you, you know, there's... Not only is there not a wall on the southern border, there's also not any between states. And so people are just bringing them over. And so you got all this, all these problems. This is actually going to increase their gang problems in Chicago because going to be a lot more people selling illegal assault weapons out there. And the gun lords out there going to have some pretty violent gangs, as they already do. I think I'd open up an assault weapon store right there in Wisconsin or... Mm-hmm. Right on the border. Kentucky or Iowa or Indiana. Right there. Okay, uh, let's see. We got some minutes left. I guess we can get into this extremely annoying article, that infuriating article. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do that. New guidance. Use drugs and surgery early for obesity in kids. It's a frustrating, it's a frustrating article. Mm. Do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? Well, doesn't matter. I can do it. Okay. Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13, according to new guidelines released Monday. From who? Mm. The Pediatrics American P- Academy. Yeah, the American Academy of Pediatrics. The longstanding practice of watchful waiting or delaying treatment to see whether children and teens outgrow or overcome obesity in their own, on their own only worsens the problem that affects more than 14.4 million young people in the U.S. Left untreated, obesity can lead to lifelong health problems, including high blood pressure, diabetes, and depression. Quote. You know, but what I figured out, you've been seeing those commercials lately about how we have a big childhood hunger crisis in the U.S. Have you been seeing those? I see them a lot during, say, NFL games. So you, you know, I think big, it's one in three kids. Big actors out there going to bed hungry. Going got, to bed, yeah. You know, they're food insecure. I think it's because of these damn greedy fat kids out there. Eating everyone. That's what's Wheaties. happening. Yeah, they're eating all the Wheaties. Yeah, because this is a fixed pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're eating all of it. Mm-hmm. So we both have a massive, a massive obesity problem and a gigantic hunger problem. This it's, sounds like a kerfuffle. The weight inequality gap is growing in America, <laughs> and it starts early. And the best way to fix it, by the way, <laughs> is to spend money. Is brought to you by... Yeah. Whoever, whatever company makes this. Quote, waiting doesn't work, said Dr. Inelli, co-author of the first guidance on childhood obesity in 15 years from the American Academy of Pediatrics. What we see is a continuation of weight gain and the likelihood that they'll have obesity in adulthood. For the first time, the group's guidance sets ages at which kids and teens should be offered medical treatment such as drugs and surgery. Surgery. In addition to intensive diet, exercise, and other behavior and lifestyle interventions, said Anelli, director of the Center for Healthy Weight Nutrition at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. In general, doctors should offer adolescents 12 and older who have obesity access, who have obesity access to appropriate drugs and teens 13 and older with severe obesity referrals for weight loss surgery through situ- those situations may vary. The guidelines aim to reset the inaccurate view of obesity as, quote, a personal problem, maybe a failure of the person's diligence, said Dr. Sandra Hasnick, or Hasink, Hasink, medical doctor for the AAP Institute for Healthy Childhood Weight and a co-author of the guidelines. A personal problem. This <sighs> inaccurate view. Mm. Yep. This is no different than if you have asthma. And now we have an inhaler for you. Listen, folks. I'm going to say something that's going to be so mean. It's going to be so incredibly insensitive. And 
coming from a guy, by the way, who's not that in shape, okay? I wouldn't call myself fat like Costco does. <laughs> but look, my whole family's dealt with it, right? It is literally, besides maybe 0.01% of the population, it is literally all your fault. <laughs> literally. It is. It is. And you know what, parents, it's your fault too. Stop feeding your kids Galdern Pop-Tarts and McDonald's for dinner. Just terrible snacks. And they just sit on video games, eat eat chocolate shakes and Pop-Tarts for dinner, and then wonder how they're 100 pounds overweight. I know exactly how I gain weight. I eat shitty and I don't exercise. Mm. It's very simple. And I, and I have a very sedentary job. You eat more calories than you burn. Yeah. I, I eat more calories than I burn, and, I don't, um, and I'm not very active. That's how I gain weight. It's really simple is you can eat less calories than you burn, which means you're burning more, and then you can also move a little bit. And that right there will take care of obesity for literally almost everyone. There are very few people who do have some type of thyroid issue. Our dog has one, old moose. Mm. He's got a thyroid issue, and no matter what he does, he went from a dog that looked like he was malnourished to he's overweight. And we limit his food and everything, but he can't seem to shed the weight. He's got a thyroid. He's on thyroid meds now. That happens in some people. But for most Literally almost everyone. It's not inaccurate to view obesity as literally your fault. It is literally your fault. Tell me why this is not happening in other places in the world. I have such a hard, I, I get real worked up. I don't even have any kids, but what's happening in this article is what's, I'm going to, this sounds so dramatic. What's happening in this article is what is wrong with our country. Literally. Wake up! It's the same thing. It's First off, I put most of the blame on the parents. Because kids, they make dumb choices. And parents, they should be there to guide them. A lot of parents, they have given away their responsibilities to, to mommy and, and daddy government or trans government or whatever they want. They want their teachers, whoever is supposed to raise your kids, the village raises the kids, not the, not the parents. And when your kid does start to put on weight, there could be genetic problems like what Charlie's saying. It's definitely possible. but Pretty rare, though. It's, it is rare. It, well, and also, I will say that some people have an easier time than others. Well, that once, is true. The problem is once you get to that point where you are obese, it is much harder to get back into good shape. But it doesn't... That is a lesson that kids need to learn. They don't need to learn that you just do whatever the hell you want and then you'll just take this injection or have surgery and you can just go sloppily throughout your life following no rules whatsoever and some pharmaceutical company that we're going to force other people to pay for also, eventually, because they're going to start complaining about how expensive the medication is. I'm, I'm sure the fatties have a right to it already that we're going to force other people to pay for all because you never exercised any re personal responsibility. Mm. Did you like what we did there with the exercise and personal responsibility? I, I like that. Dad. And this complete lack of personal responsibility where our society is, it is never anyone's fault. It is never anyone's responsibility to actually make their own lives better. If there's something wrong with you, it must be something society did, or it must be your genetics, Charlie. It's you, not your fault. You, it, yeah, everyone. It's everyone else's fault. Poor you are thing. a victim. Poor thing. You're a victim. Mm. So much so that the the literal pediatric academy, it says obesity here uh, affects, and the way she compares it to asthma, ridiculous. Okay, obesity affects nearly twenty percent of kids and teens in the U.S. and about forty two percent of adults. The group's guidance takes into consideration that obesity is a biological problem and that the condition is a complex chronic disease. Disease. 
but you can't help. It's the same thing as getting cancer. <laughs> when we talk about disease, we think that it's this thing that you came down with that you can't shake. But all of us who went through 2020 medical training learned that the disease is actually just the different symptoms that you are continuously experiencing. And that is the, the disease that you have. For instance, uh, you could say that coronavirus, you know, that's your infection. COVID, you got COVID. Well, that's the disease caused by that virus. This chronic disease that people have is caused by terrible parenting, uh, lazy-ass kids who got iPhones when they were 10 years old, never went to go play outside. And you're not even allowed to let, let your kids go out. I mean, we just used to leave. You come back when the sun's going down. You can't do it. Kids, parents get put in prison now for that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I went through. Unless like, you were gone at a, at a gender reassignment surgery clinic, you can, you can leave, come back on your own at, at dawn for that. I, I will say, and this is kind of based on personal experience, that, that I think some people are more prone to gaining weight than others based on genetics. Okay. And I can see that in like, you know, I had some friends whose parents were in decent shape and they could eat whatever they want and not do any activity and wake up in the morning with a six pack and like in mm -hmm. high school and stuff. Um, I went through a period where I was really small for most of my life. And then I spent a summer in Louisiana. I was about 12 years old and I spent a summer in Louisiana where it was like 110 degrees outside. So my grandparents wouldn't let us go outside. And then we ate good ass Cajun food. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm talking a whole stick of butter on your corn. I'm talking all the candy you could think of in bowls around the house. Cajun candy. No, it was regular. Like chocolate the cinnamon. Stuff. Like it was at least the hot. It was hot just, stuff. everything was just delicious. You ate as much as you possibly could because that's what happens in Louisiana. <laughs> and, uh, I literally probably over that summer gained like 20, 30 pounds as a 12 year old. I came back. My mom was like, what the hell happened? I didn't know. I was a kid. She was like, well, son, you need to take this here injection. <laughs> and what, and then, you know, what's interesting is, is that throughout my, after that playing sports and eating regular, like normal again, eating a decently balanced diet and being active. When I was a kid, I, I was one of those, sun up to sundown kids. I was literally outside till sundown. My grandmother had to call me in almost every single night because I was in the Creek or I was, we were playing basketball outside or something. It was something active. We were active and we ate a balanced diet. And then what do you know? I graduated high school and I was, uh, the same height I am now six, seven and five eights. And I weighed 175 pounds. <laughs> You were crazy skinny. It's very skinny. I, however, and it have wasn't been, from a lack of eating or anything. I just was. I was that active. You're all just the active. Time. I've been the same size for about the whole. I've been generally just overweight enough to hate myself <laughs> for about twenty five years now. But not obese. Not obese. Yeah. No. <laughs> twenty years. Something like that. Just enough to be uncomfortable. That's right. <laughs> At all times. All right. Let's get through this. <laughs> all right. So. Keeps going here. Obesity is not a lifestyle problem. It is not a lifestyle disease. It predominantly emerges from biological factors. In America. Yeah, only in America. <laughs> That's it. Uh, specific doses. Nope, of, nope, nope. Okay. The next highlight of okay, mine sorry. is the most important one of the whole thing. The guidelines come as new drug treatments for obesity in kids have emerged, including approval late last month of Wegovy a weekly injection for use in children ages 12 and older. The guidelines come as new drug treatments for obesity in kids have emerged. Mm -hmm. With We just had approval last month of a new drug. And the new guidelines are, well, you got fat kids? You know what? I think you should actually, this whole exercise thing, it's actually oppressive. Honestly, they need to be medicated. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's it's how weird how they, like in lockstep, oh, Here's this, and the AAP says, you know what we recommend is medication for your kids. Huh. There is nice that one, here we go, one expert. <laughs> oh, by the way, most insurance won't pay for it, and it's about $1,300 a month. Not about the money, though. 
Mm -mm. One expert in pediatric obesity cautioned that while kids with obesity must be treated early and intensively, he worries that some doctors may turn too quickly to drugs or surgery. It's not that I'm against the medications, said Dr. Robert uh, Lustig, a longtime specialist in pediatric endocrinology. I'm against the willy-nilly use of those medications without addressing the cause of the problem. We need to ban this guy from Twitter, honestly. Yeah. This doctor said children must be evaluated individually to understand all the factors that contribute to obesity. He has long blamed too much sugar for the rise in obesity. He urges a sharp focus. I bet Coke paid for this article. <laughs> he has long blamed. Uh, he urges a sharp focus on diet, particular, particularly ultra processed foods that are high in sugar and low in fiber. Dr. Stephanie Byrne, a, pedi- a pediatrician at Cedars in Los Angeles, said she'd like more research about the drug's efficacy in a more diverse group of children and about potential long-term effects before she begins prescribing it. Who cares? What? She wants research about potential long-term effects? Yeah, who cares about that? What is wrong with this crazy conspiracy theorist? That's exactly. Why does she hate kids? She hates kids. She wants kids to be <laughs> fat. Fat-shaming mm. B-word. Dr. B-word is what you should call her. I definitely think this is a realization that diet and exercise is not going to do it for a number of teens who are struggling with this. Maybe the majority, she said. She says maybe the majority of kids Mm. are going to need medication of obese kids. Injection selection. (laughs) You know? I'm telling you. The cool thing is is they could get their COVID booster once a week along with their fat boosters. Same time. Same time. Well. That's Maybe good. they put them in the same shot for everyone. We should all just get our, just our weekly dose. Just go just to the local, one local government office. <laughs> I'm going to you get your obesity. <laughs> you get your COVID, your microchips, everything just all at the same time. Uh-huh. That was a joke about the microchips. YouTube, I saw you remove the video yesterday. Don't think I wasn't watching. Flu. All right. Get your flu. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Why doesn't YouTube like joking anymore? They removed... One of our videos yesterday. Listen, as someone who has gone back and forth in his life from being pretty good in shape to being overweight, I would never say that I was obese ever. Would you, would you ever consider me obese? Be it honest with me. You can. Not so in today's relative obesity in America, I would not consider you to be an obese person. I will, however, speculate I'm not saying that you're that I think you're Costco. Obese. I know you think I'm fat. I will speculate that you technically could have been obese, according to uh, the oppressive medical scientists science charts. According to BMI, the mm-hmm. body mass index, I am considered overweight. Okay, I'm I don't know what that level is. Not obese. I haven't made it to the obese category. Yeah, but I have been overweight. I'm also overweight. <sighs> I gained 15 pounds between my yeah. last two. But also, according to BMI, Costco is also overweight. <laughs> really? I'm sure he is because he because he uh, works out all the time. People who have insane muscular definition are also can be considered overweight. Look at that. Costco, according to BMI, is overweight. Well, the BMI is racist anyway. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Should go with ASCAP. For those of you music, little music industry joke to music close out the show. Okay. But anyway, as someone who has gone back and forth, I can tell you that when I decide, just like I did earlier this, well, before the new year, and I still am intermittently do it, doing it. But when I decide that I want to be completely healthy, uh, then my weight matches what should, what should actually happen. And it's all about personal responsibility. And look, if you want to be fat, who cares? I don't care. Some people like fat people. Some people are attracted to fat people. That's fine. Some people want you to keep gaining weight. Mm-hmm. Some people want you to lose it. Like, whatever you want to do with your life, that's the thing. But for children, like, if you play soccer or golf or baseball or basketball or whatever, go outside and play tag, like, it doesn't take that much to move Mm-mm. around to not be obese. Like obesity in kids is a direct reflection of terrible parenting, I think. Completely. For agree. the most part. There are exceptions. Except for the obvious times where it's not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like the medically tested obvious times that it's not. But most of the time, that's not the case. And what a lot of people haven't tried is exercising and seeing if that takes care of the problem. I guarantee you a bunch of these people go in. And they're like, oh, the exercise is like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he goes with his iPad from his room over to the, the living room, uh, both sides of the couch. Yeah. And he goes to the kitchen and back to the couch a bunch. Very active kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I guess you've tried exercising. Yeah. And we're just going to have to give you these meds. See his thumbs. Those <laughs> things are so in shape. That's what we're going to evolve to just have these massive, <laughs> just, just strongest <laughs> thumbs. And they're going to get longer, too, so yeah. we can reach the whole thing. Different buttons. Okay, let's go. Have. Let's go. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please sign up to be part of the live group. Be part of the in crowd. Don't be part of the whore percent. Be part of the cool kids. That's by going to joingml.com. Joingml.com. Sign up to be a real libertarian. That's where you can do it at. Nowhere else can you sign up to be a real libertarian. You can at joingml.com. Go to godhatesfeds.com. Godhatesfeds, because he does, .com to get yourself the latest merch, the libertarian liberty loving merch that Nate's hard been working on. Mm -hmm. Hard been. Mm, he's hard been on it. And so GodHatesFeds.com and uh, what's going on with the choppy market. Nate's got that crash course for you still. Today was very choppy. Yeah. Nate'sCrashCourse.com. Go check it out. Do all those things. Share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. And if you do all that, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Come on, man.